Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Exclusive guest, Hong Kong movie reviewer and historian Phil Jillian. How are you, sir? I am very good, and thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this. I have to say, this was a long time coming. It is like our month had settled down, and then we were just like, "Oh fuck!" There's some shit in the fans of other areas. Let's, let, you know, uh, uh it just, uh, just let, let's just come about this. Just a few more weeks. Let's just. We, we got there in the end, didn't we? We got there. We were going to do it. We got there. That's it. We're here now. We're we knew here. what we wanted to do. Yeah. And I've been doing, you know, as many horror chats as I've been doing, I've also been doing just a lot of just action chats. And so I just said, okay, we're going to do a lot of the video on demand, limited release careers of all these other beloved or has been action stars. So, you know, let, let's start off with Van Damme to start the show. We've done some Dolph Lundgren ones, but he's going to take a while longer because we'd split them up. Like here are the movies where he plays a secret service agent or a gangster for hire bodyguard, you know? And so mm-hmm. the same, same deal here with the beloved, you know, kickboxer that is John Claude, gosh, darn also known as John Claude Van Damme, that awesome star of movies like you might've seen such as Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> Sudden no, nobody said Bloodsport. God damn what a great film now that deserves a yeah a new blu-ray release somebody needs to get that on the oh, case blu-ray release mediocre yeah it's just yeah there's the, you know they need a proper deluxe a anniversary creek, edition just, yeah. just a bit just to be acceptable but it's not enough <laughs> it's not good enough not cool. good enough damn it not good enough uh so uh just i'll i'll introduce uh your your perspective on this so when did you make time for John Claude? When did you decide, you know, he's one of my top action stars. I really like I, Persona uh, and High Kicks. And I know when it was because I raced back with the VHS tape. Yes, I am that old. Raced back home with the VHS tape to watch it as a kid from the, the local rental as soon as it come out. And it was uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. And we'd all heard about this guy, this, this Russian guy that we thought he was, because that's what he got in the film that's and what stuff. He would often play. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse than some Russian guy. We didn't know he was called Jean Claude Van Damme. He's just some Russian guy. And German, um, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the what the? And it was like, God, this this guy's great, you know. And then he was in all the magazines. It was like, you know, Kung Fu Weekly and Black Belt Magazine and and everything else. And then it was just like, you know, Bloodsport, Cyborg. Kickboxer, and they were like everybody was sold on him. That was it. He was just he was the man. Everybody wanted to see his films. Uh, very well said. Because like 
it, it would come down to is like, okay, you know, and, and you know, I was in, you know, I lived for the nineties, but I also, you know, yeah. those movies were constantly on Spike TV, USA Network, yeah. and you know, the more mainstream ones would occasionally come on something like TNT, and it just, and he had some movies that were, you know, pretty well beloved, surprisingly, even though they weren't, you know, mm. it, I, it, it was just. I was introduced to the whole, hey, if a lot of people recommend a movie, that's, you know, recommendation enough. The critics aren't going to get it right every time. And he's kind of critic uh, uh, immune at this point. There's just so many people who (laughs) will lay down money for him. They're like, I got to see this. So it it, it also, you know, was also one of those where it's like, okay, so acting is going to vary by movie, but there's some good mm. performances in some of those movies. And you know why? It wasn't even that at the time. You know, I was just fixated. I would, it was everything for the action. I want to see anything that's got action in. You know, I've said it to you, we had a chat and stuff, but it was all about on every film that came out, you know, just one kick, one punch. That's it. I just want to go and see. I want to see how good the action is. And he brought that, and he wasn't even fixated on the acting at the time. It was just, he was bringing solid action. It was bringing martial arts to the mainstream, but we hadn't seen for such a long time as well. You know, these were talking about the Karate Kid was kind of come out and stuff, and there was a like a, a best new of the best, yeah, yeah, best of the best. There was a the sense Rockies. all of a sudden, that, yeah, Still all these kind of these kind of things come out. But he was leading the way from a martial arts, but I'm putting it on screen. You know, things like Buzzball and Kickbox, obviously, and stuff. But then, you know, different with like something like Cyborg, which was obviously. And pretty cool. I, I love that as a kid and stuff, and just doing things different. But you know, and, and then mixing it up with more, you know, drama and death warrant and and things like that. But he was really he captured. I think he captured that kind of time, that sense, and right place, right time, and stuff. And he just, you know, he took off because, like as you say, it was word of mouth. Everybody wanted to see the Van Damme film, the latest Van Damme film. So yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Very well said, because, I mean, it did get to that point where it's like, okay, sometimes it's only being going to be as good as the movie, and other times mm. you're just going to remember the spectacle and the plot. It's pretty empty, and then there's other ones, you know, and this one, this era, you know, where he's in, you know, you know, movies that are released overseas, but we only get them for TV and the yeah. video store rentals is interesting, because... <laughs> yeah you finally start seeing him kind of just lay off some of the coke a bit and mm. you know, romantic flings and actually uh, get into some hard-boiled acting here where mm. you know he's being more low-key, he's changing his voice, he's actually being coherent as opposed to broken up English. And then there's other ones where it's like, okay, it's just got a good premise, so whatever happens, happens. And so this will be interesting to just kind of just sum up. And some of these eventually do get you know, festival and theatrical releases while, you know, again, if anyone wants to see them more easier, they can do just a simple free $5 rental over their cable or (laughs) online provider. So it, it is interesting how it just evolves a little bit from here. Yeah. Yeah. He's certainly been on a journey from a a career point of view. Um, yeah, and I was fortunate to start on that journey because I'd heard so many good things about it. And he kind of like, you know, no treat, no surrender was where it kind of started for me. So he has been on a bit of a journey. And I think my view of Van Damme had changed over the years and stuff. And my alternate view, I think, 
you know, I was so suckered into how good he was in the earlier days. I always expected that from him. Um, and I always expected to have the kind of same kind of standard. And like I say, that there was those, those coke years and everything else and stuff and things went a little bit sideways and he didn't quite get to elevate some of the films that, you know, in the, in the latter years and stuff, but you know what, looking back now and, and, and seeing some of the films again, I've got a more of an appreciation, you know what, because he kind of kind of stepped back in some of these, you know, director video, you know, titles and really gave it his all. He really, you know, he, he gave more, like you say, he, he was more acting. There was, he wanted to do slightly different things and not do the same old, same old. And he, he made the most of what he was given. And I think I appreciate that more now than I did probably when they come out at the time, because I was so hooked on how good he was back in the day. I just expected that and he, and his, in his career choice and life choices, I guess, Dictated it wasn't going to go that way for him for you know obvious reasons. So yeah, oh totally. And it is interesting how he kind of just ranked. He just kind of was to me. He kind of had that Stallone kind of ego, and then you know, mm. kind of like Schwarzenegger, he just would market his body and appearance, and you know. That was kind of the movie from there, you know. He'd appear in all these yeah. sci-fi disaster <laughs> films, and just like you say, he, he just couldn't get beyond just the origin. They would always write up something dumb for him, like, "Oh, I'm a cop from Louisiana. I've got you know mixed <laughs> French brother line." And it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> a cool movie, and so yeah, it, it gets to that point, and. Uh, but yeah, I think, I guess we can all agree he's earned his place in top martial artists because uh, yeah, yeah. impeccable. And yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So yeah, basically around the late 90s, it's when his career just finally just washes ashore. Like less people want to work with him. He's battling some coke addictions and uh, eventually goes from like, I think a few divorces and, other just paparazzi things and even a reality show where he talks about his life. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start it off with, you know, after he works with, uh, Cy Hark, um, he, you know, he starts off with the Legionnaire, which is by, I think, I don't know if Vic Armstrong worked on this, but I know Peter McDonald from Rambo free directs and, yes. It was bought by Sterling Entertainment Group, you know, which specialized in the home video market and, you know, premiered on USA Network. And it was just one of those where it just, again, it was such an expensive movie. And that's where everyone was like, oh, no. And I think it gets overlooked because it is a pretty theatrical movie still that deserves an audience. But it just wasn't meant to be. No one saw it. Yeah, I think it was it was another change of direction for him as well. I mean, that was like I say, it was quite theatrical. It was kind of big production wise, but it wasn't the Van Damme film people expected. It wasn't um, that kind of showcase for his, his skills and stuff. I mean, he did the the quest before and which was like a little bit um, a bit like blood sport and stuff. And then all of a sudden, he's gone to this Legionnaire, which isn't wasn't a all those typical revisits. Van Damme film. Mm. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like Stallone, he, was, he would do kind of a wink. Is like, hey, I did the scenario earlier. Do you get it? You get it? <laughs> yeah, do you get that? Yeah. But it, yeah, it didn't. And, and yeah, uh, this is what I say. If you look back on it, Legionnaire, and you watch it now, it's a great movie and stuff. The production value is there. And it's, it's kind of a big, grand movie and stuff. And it was something different, but I just don't think the fans like picked up on that and took it to heart and stuff. And he didn't They weren't get making the, time uh, for it. Nah, and it. nah, not at all. Which is a shame because if you, you watch it now and stuff, it's a great little film. <laughs> totally. It, it really isn't offensive at all. And mm. in some ways, I, it's kind of a spiritual sequel to Lionheart, how, you know, he's like French former. Yeah. Legion yeah, soldier. Good call, man. Yeah, yeah. He's preparing for the battle. And so it does get a little philosophical. And it's, again, you know, people don't expect it because they kind of didn't want him to stretch. They just kind of wanted to. Hey, it's just more fun to make fun of. Lionheart too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they just want Lionheart too. They didn't want, you know, philosophical. They wanted more with the same, and they didn't get it, which is like I say, which is a shame because it was, uh, it was a good opportunity, <laughs> but it just, yeah, it, it didn't float, and it, it was kind of the start of the spiral down, I guess, to you know, direct to video. Totally. Mm. Well. I think it's way better than the movie that kind of follows that is Desert Heat it is by mm. the director of Rocky 1 and 5 and he disowns the movie so already a great start and it's just <laughs> another one it's kind of like part high noon part just weird just road movie with drug induced kind of visions and I've always seen parts of this and I just never knew what to think of it it had a weird cast that included Pat Morita from the Karate Kid yeah, and Trejo, and yeah yeah it's like there's a lot of voyeurs in this movie. There's a lot of just weird diner patrons and bikers, and it's it's a weird ass movie. I, I really it is a weird ass movie. It's one of those again. You catch me on the white day, I quite enjoy it. But catch me another day, I'm like, what the bloody hell is this? It's uh yeah, it's one of them and stuff. But like you say, it's a it's spiral down, and I don't know what he's trying to do or what is that with the vision was, but clearly it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. And it, like I say, it was just a, a mixed match of various different people just in the wrong roles of cast. I get the whole loan thing and, you know, he just, he's, he's adding off, he's gone out into the desert, but it was kind of a weird one and stuff. And like I say, the fans ain't just ain't going to get it. There was some decent action, you know, a little bit of decent action, but, you know, it wasn't on a par with what, you know, to expect from a, from a Van Damme film. It is. It's just like, okay, I can't blame anyone for doing something that they haven't done before, but yeah, I, this is just one of those, it's going to vary by crowd, and I just don't mm. know how to describe it. I would have to give it another rewatch, but you only got so much time, so I just, exactly. yeah. I don't Sometimes remember you just watching don't it. Wanna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah Skip it. Skip it. Okay, so we are going to Another one that, you know, was uh, uh, these next two ones were both from 2001. And it's like they have, they are in theaters at the same time that they're also released in video stores. It's just mm. uh, incomprehensible, inconsistent release, but it's all good because it teams him up with, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, Bloodsport directors uh, who have worked on a bunch of his films. Uh, what's his name? It's uh, it's a very specific you name. I think so. There you go. Like it. 
You're going for the um, the order one with uh, Sheldon. That's what it is. Sheldon McLeish, yeah. And yeah. then it's for Millennium Films, which Slater also knows New Image and does all those, you know, movies with Stallone and Dolph Lundgren and a bunch of other mm. movies before they hit it off with franchises like Olympus Fall and The Expendables for theaters. And so he does this and then he reteams with his Maximum Risk director for another one of those, mm. you know, playing twins slash serial killer thrillers called Replicant. So <laughs> I quite enjoy Replicant. That's one scene. Oh, totally. That was a pops out because it's it was it was different. But you know what? He gets away with it. He get, he does the kind of like you know double um, impact thing, and he plays you know both sides. But you know, it kind of works and stuff. It's it's not as as quick, but he did something slightly different. He, he you know portraying a different character, brought a dark side to that and stuff. And probably and didn't everyone get was the recognition. Yeah, exactly. And he's Wingo Lamb. You know, if, every time he's worked with someone like, you know, Troy Harkin, okay, knockoff. I, I still I still enjoy knockoff for what it is. But if he does, Troy Hart does Ringo Lamb, they bought something different because they were like, you know, these Hong Kong dudes who come over working with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And obviously Van Damme wanted to because he, you know, so their caliber and stuff. And at least they gave him something different. And I think he was looking for something like that at the time just to, to reach and start to, explore the acting side and, and give different personas, um, which he hadn't done before. And that was the opportunity. Replicant, I, I've got a real soft spot for, I have to say. Yeah. Um, the Order, not so much. Very theatrical, very globe-trotting. Um, these were on USA Network every other afternoon, so I did see a bunch yeah, of them for the I bet you part. did, yeah. The Order, um, yeah. it's yes. got Ben Cross from Chariots of Fire. Mm. It's a very fun bad guy. It's basically The Fugitive meets Indiana Jones. And yeah. then and, uh, to top it off. Charlton Heston. Yeah, and Brian Thompson. City as well. Charlton Heston. Yeah, that's what I remember most. He plays his dad. And yeah. eventually you find the guys who stole the treasure and all that. And, that's it, yeah, yeah. What and then it? it ends with a Jackie Chan-style like stunt yeah. reel at the end that's kind of a fun, and there's some bloopers. But uh, it's a pretty it's pretty much the action does the talking. and mm. uh, much. So... And so I, I just wasn't surprised when I resaw it a few years back and was like, you know, mm. I had fun with this. It's not, yeah. again, it doesn't stand out necessarily, but at the same time, because it just kind of delivers it to you, just slam bang, just all up front. I do have fun with it, but yeah, Replicant is yeah. a better movie because it just out of all the total recall S kind of movies where people were just playing, mm. you know, against themselves and, in a convoluted sci-fi premise, it's just the serial killer angle just makes it stand out better. And like you say, he Van Damme got to work with some better Hong Kong filmmakers who mm. just delivered their best work with very little studio interference. And it's like, it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so, uh, yeah, one's a big year. And then 2002, he's once again works for New Image and he does the Die Hard on a Train under siege kind of movie. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Do you want to, should, should we do the elephant in the room? Now, Derail for me is one of those films that I get it and I love the concept of it because anything like kind of Die Hard kind of thing. Everyone I'm, loves it. I'm yeah. the same way too. Any under siege, anything, anything kind of a Die Hard, yeah. we're going to have it. But Air Force One type thing is yeah, like, Air Force hey, One, and I get it, and it's great, and it's big. But 
<laughs> at some point, obviously, they run out of budget because that train sequence with that because the bad train. guys. You've seen these guys in all sorts of movies, and yeah, like yeah, you say, yeah. it, the CGI is not a hundred percent, but it's not unwatchable. It's not a two out of ten. No, and it's here. not, and it's not, and it's good. Part of the but fun it's... of these movies is the junk, and so you just gotta. <laughs> have fun with it. But yeah, just just look. If anybody's gonna be making a film and stuff then have a look at that end sequence and stuff for that train because, you know, I think I could have shut that bear and made it look more well than it was, which is a shame because actually the film's not that bad and stuff. But, um, yeah, the shots of the uh, shots of the helicopter with the uh, with the train aren't great, I have to say, which doesn't help. But the concept was great. It was a great idea and stuff. And it, 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 there is enough there, um, you know, kind of global virus going out and stuff. There's plenty going on with the film, I have to say, and stuff just yeah, a little bit dodgy uh, the way they uh, did the end bit. But yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a fun little director video. I'd, I'd watch it if it was on TV, kind of thing. A thousand percent, and yeah, it's just very energetic, so you can forgive its mm. shortcomings. And this is where people start mocking him. You're like, oh, the mighty have fallen, but. He delivered just probably the two highlights of the 2000s, which is mm. In Hell, which is a prison survival movie uh, again, yeah. with Hong Kong filmmakers that he's worked with yeah. in Wake of Death, which is a East meets West, you know, revenge movie. And uh, I think this is where, you know, once again, these were seen overseas by in theaters and we got them straight to video here in the States for Sony. And I had a friend of mine when we did our Bloodsport episode, he mentioned how his dad would often make fun of some of these movies, but uh, <laughs> even though he watched Bloodsport a lot and he's like, he saw this movie and he was actually crying at in hell. I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Cause it, once again, you just don't see typical Van Damme here. You see a bunch of, no. Oh, well, okay. So pretty fucked up. The hero starts off. His wife has just been killed and raped presumably off screen and he heads straight to jail framed for her murder and it overall is just becomes a survival it's just like movie yeah yeah what happens yeah. from here it's it's and this was this was and this is why i say i appreciate looking back on it this was van damme stretching himself again working with ringo lamb doing something different doing a different side that nobody had seen and I, and he was trying to break that mold he was trying to get out of the you know, I'm this martial arts, you know, I want to be an actor that does martial arts rather than martial artist. You know, he's trying to act, he's trying to act and do something different. And in hell was, I think, I think if you go back at the time, I really loved it. In fact, probably, and this sounds weird. Like Lionheart, like it, it does have a bit too much testosterone, but exactly, it's well intended. Yeah. So you yeah. forgive it for. You do. And my, uh, my, my, my homie Robert Sardo's in this movie. You might know him from being a, tattooed punk in a bunch of movies but he's really good here ah oh, cool man yeah and prisoners. like i say it is a it is a great it's a if you've not seen a van damme film out of all the ones we're going to do there's a few here with choice ones in hell would be there and wake of death had talked about and stuff it is another cracking little film i have to say simon yams in it as well and stuff it's um yeah it's uh it's a nice little uh thriller and stuff plenty of action in it and uh, one of those you can just lose yourself on a, you know, a Saturday afternoon just watching it. It's uh, yeah, pretty oh, good. It, nice you could even do that in Wicked Death back to back. And Wicked oh, Death yeah. apparently has like an uncut version, like overseas. I haven't watched it yet, but if there's a Blu-ray of it and it's region free, I'll, I'll check it out. 
Yeah, proper. Yeah, should. It's good. Recommended. Stellar. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just highlights and even when they're repetitive, it's like, again, just so much more care went into them. And so mm-hmm. brings us to uh, then, you know, uh, 06, pretty big gear. He does the hardcores where he's playing a mm-hmm. bodyguard with the OK Fox, uh, defending some, trying to stop a bunch of instigating gangsters and rappers from killing each other. Sheldon Malich, again, directed this. And then second in command where he plays, you know, in charge of an embassy, just a diehard and a, you know, uh, you know, takeover type siege thriller. Um, so I've tried with hardcores. It it has its moments. It's fairly watchable, but it's just not engaging. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. No, I, I agree. There's something missing. I, I don't know where there was. I don't know whether just the supporting cast doesn't doesn't give it enough. I mean, it's okay in itself that stuff because, you know, it's like protecting this box that they get on the wrong side and stuff, but it's just, there's not enough there. It just There's just not enough to justify going, yeah, it's good, you should watch that. But, you know, I wouldn't, if uh, it was talking about Van Damme movies, oh, you got to see the hardcores. No, it's it's okay, you know, but I wouldn't probably sit through it again, I have to say, because there's, there's better, there's better films. He does better films. Totally. And... Mm. And second in command, well, you know, it's okay. I, I actually, I rewatched that quite recently. It um, feels like this is one of those. It's by Simon Fellows, who did a bunch of Wesley Snipes type Sony movies. Mm, and it almost feels like he's still in that mold. Is like, do a commando. yeah, that kind of, but you know, it's 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 okay. It's it's all right. It's it's better than I it remember. Really it is actually. pretty energetic. Like yeah. it just gets your attention just glued in. You want to know if there's like a coup, if there's some yeah. other political intrigue. And it, again, it, it's just, it's one of those, it's kind of like some of the better Seagal or uh, just any other kind yeah. of movies. Like it doesn't matter who yeah. the star is. It oh, just yeah. matters that the premise is. Yeah, it was one of those. And I think, I remember watching it at the time back in the day and stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, the Van Damme's just go right down the pan and stuff. But you know what? I've got a warmer spot for it now, looking back on it and what he was trying to do. And like I say, there's a theme running here where he was just trying to do and stretch himself as an actor and do different things and stuff. Um, and this was another one of those where he was just playing it slightly different from you know, what he'd done before and just giving himself a little bit more around character-based um, so yeah, I'd probably appreciate it more than I, than I did, but like I say, it's, uh, I'm still harking back to, you know, kind of wake of death and inhale is probably the, the bad. Yeah. Those set the bar so high yeah. where it's just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of, yeah. And after that, it was like, mm, really? So, but I mean, looking back, it, it, you know, second command, I'd, you know, probably watch again, but high cost, maybe, maybe not so much. I'll tell it. So follows up with until death. Just another revenge kind of movie. Uh, and then The Shepherd, Border Patrol, JCVD, which is seen in theaters and gotten some acclaim. Where he, for once, it gets a good review from Roger Ebert just talking about how he's just playing himself versus movie version of himself. <laughs> he does the indie sci-fi movie, Camp, you know, UFO. He, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> not a highlight. And then uh, just keeps plugging away at it. Assassination Games, 
again, you know, after the Shepherd Border Patrol and this is like Scott Atkins stars rising. So they're yeah. playing off each other, cat and mouse kind of movie. And then some other weird dark underground movies, Dragon Eyes, which is just a mess of a film. <laughs> oh, it's proper mess, yeah. Six Bullets, which is another fun, you know, taken type thriller, just save the kid of a popular diplomat. Enemies Closer reunites him with, again, you know, he's already worked with John Hyams, who's the son of Peter Hyams, who we worked with on movies like Sudden Death. And mm. so, once again, Enemies Closer is just another diehard, like at a zoo, forest takeover, cliffhanger type movie. A lot of people love this one. I'm it's not the audience for it. it it's fairly watchable but i just and he does do some fun as the villain i just don't like how the movie just pans out over time yeah i wasn't i wasn't too keen on it to be fair. i've only watched it once and um i can't remember it that much so it didn't really do anything for me it's forgettable so that's probably where i'll it's leave the it same because he mm. you just see his him at work doing what he needs to do and these movies getting proper equal distribution but it's just not enough <laughs> no no i know what you're saying i much prefer to be fair if you went back if you went back to that 2006 until death um i quite like that because that was like proper cold stone wall he was you know he was he was basically a bit of a bastard in that movie and stuff which was completely different again he was trying to do something different jcvd yeah, the other ones were acceptable and this one was mm. just like yeah but this one is like no, there wasn't wasn't anything anything really going on with it, and it kind of lost me for a while between you know, like say the six bullets was okay, and Welcome to the Jungle, Enemy Closer didn't really get and stuff. Yeah, um, Welcome to the Jungle, that was so hard to sit through because basically mm. you know you love a good parody, and it's like it's like I called it basically a bunch of different college humor videos edited together. <laughs> yeah, you and, got. You've, yeah, that's it. You called it. Yeah, but it lacks the wit of, say, something mm. like, again, just <sighs> Black Dynamite or some other just kind of parody yeah, yeah. play on the whole action thing. Mm. And again, Van Damme, given his all, it really is. Yeah. He's really, you know, this is where he's finally opening up and making fun of himself. And it just isn't jealous. So then he follows it up with this other one where he's just like an injured man out for revenge pound of flesh and i mm. saw this one getting compared to not only all the takens but also uh crank and that's just another one where it's just like okay there's something for the ladies gets butt-ass naked there's something for the guys he's <laughs> got a few fight scenes here and there but that whole movie i, I was another one where i was just like okay I, i'm watching it in the perfect mindset it's a 2 a.m kind of movie but i this plot is just so self-indulgent God damn! Yeah, it was it was a little bit one out. Um, there was god damn, there was man some damn. <laughs> yeah. God damn! God damn! Man damn! I like it. There was there was some decent. The action was good. I have to say. Uh, and um, God rest his soul, uh, Darren Darren Shalava, who played the uh, Drake and stuff. He was after he passed away. Bless yeah, him. I got to interview guy. him. Um, yeah, I got to interview him. He was one of the first ones I interviewed for my uh, website. He's the film fans back in the day. He was gracious enough to to do that for me when I was kind of starting out. So I always remembered it. So I had a soft spot for anything he was in. Cause I was always like, you know, great, 
just great to see him on screen and stuff. So yeah, it just didn't it didn't hold together as it should do. And like I say, you know, he, he's lost his I can't remember kidney or something. They nicked a name. It just didn't quite pan out. Again, he played it for the so. you know, like bleeding hearts and stuff. But like I say, he just he didn't action. Action wise was decent, but yeah, it just wasn't enough to to carry it through. Totally. Yeah, so, and then he follows it up with, uh, again, the most uncommon Van Damme movie, Swelter. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. It had a huge right? cast. It had, yeah, yeah uh, Alfred Molina, Lenny mm. James, uh, that one dude who was <laughs> Aussie guy who's been on all kinds of movies and shows. And uh, I, I quite like this one, but it's kind of, you got to just prepare everyone. It's like, okay, Van Damme's part of the cast but you know midway through he exit stage right and it's more of a spoiler but mm. it's more of a i saw some people kind of uh contrasting it with kind of walter hill kind of movies and tarantino mm. tropes you're like okay so it is kind of a reservoir dogs 48 hours you know diehard yeah. town kind of takeover movie and i i did quite enjoy it it was very well paced mm. and the characters were all just bizarre enough. So like, yeah, this is the better version of uh, the freaking <laughs> desert heat where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Know. And he, yeah. And you're right. And it was, uh, yeah, they, they were, they were, they were pushing it on the Walter Hill thing, but I have to say it was something different. It was part of an ensemble cast. So he wasn't the kind of the star. He was just one of the names in it, which was interesting. Cause he, again, he did something slightly different. Um, and it there was it was good movie. It was a fun movie, and I think people enjoyed it um, to a certain extent. And there was a there was a bit. Oh, that's interesting. He's done something, and he'd been trying to do that for for a long time. And that was a film because he wasn't like I say he was part of the ensemble cast and stuff. Um, they kind of got it. I think yeah, people warmed to it. But yeah, it's it's a really it's a decent film. I have to say. Yeah, it's totally. It's way better than it has any right to be, and. Mm. So then follows it up with, again, a foreign identity type of submarine takeover spy film, Blackwater, which reunites him with Dolph Lundgren. He does mm. Kill Em All, which is another one-man army kind of movie where he gets to fight yeah. his blood, uh, Daniel Bernhardt, who was in all the Bloodsport sequels. Yeah. Was, his star was rising with the new John Wick and Matrix sequels. And then, once again, kind of back into Lionheart, Bloodsport territory with uh, We Die Young and The Bouncer, which are both mm. BOD limited releases. And recently he did The Last Mercenary, which is an international Ocean's Eleven kind of movie where, again, he's kind of playing a retired has-been movie star. And so I'll just let you weigh in on those final ones and we'll just kind of just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, so... He did the kickboxer ones as well in between them and stuff, so they rebooted that, but they never was good. Oh, I totally forgot. I just no, it's fine. Those by themselves, no, so <laughs> you can, and that's fine and stuff. But they win them and stuff. But the director, director video ones and stuff, Kill 'Em All was okay. It's like in in a hospital, Daniel Bernard, as you say, and stuff. There's some decent action in it and stuff, but it's it's too saggy for me. That film and stuff, I have to say. Um, Blackwater again is yeah. Dolph is always worth watching. You know what? I, I got a soft spot for him. He's great. I love him. I love seeing him on screen. But again, it's 
it's not great, but he's a diehard on a submarine kind of thing. You know, it's under siege. So Way better than and you got Hall, which yeah. kind of like, yeah. again, uh, uh, much like uh, a Pound of Flesh, it's just kind of mm. being too cute with its usual suspects form. Yeah, exactly. While yeah. Blackwater, yeah, I really do enjoy it because I just like, I knew it was going to be one location kind of thing, but mm. it keeps my attention and the plot twist is fun. Want to know everyone's yes. true agenda, so I'm just like, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, it's great. The interesting one in that in that filmography that kind of came up was when he did the um, the bouncer, which his original title was Lucas 2018. When he he kind of did something a little Other bit than the different. The Eagle Path, which was another well, yeah, which never still never out. come out. It still hasn't come out. But the bouncer, Lucas, and stuff is probably the pick of the bunch of stuff, and he was. Is French at a limited release, to be fair. That was cracking. And you know what? The last Mercenary I watched, and I only watched it, to be fair, because well, we knew, I'm, I'll fess up, I knew I was doing this, and I thought, I'm going to watch it, because I hadn't. And you know what? I quite enjoyed it, I have to say. I didn't think I would, but there was enough there that he sent himself up. It's like when he did Welcome to Jungle, it didn't quite work, but The Last Mercenary does work. Well, it worked for me that he sends himself up enough and he lets the, the younger generation kind of take over and stuff. He has enough fun with it and he pokes fun at himself enough to be, you know what? I think he's got something there. That's, that's, that, that was quite, that was quite entertaining. I, I quite enjoyed it and it was probably better than I thought it was going to be. Hey, it's not going to be like, you know, it was back in the day and stuff. But again, he's just trying to do something different, reinvent himself. And have a little fun with it as well, which you know I quite I quite enjoyed. So yeah, it was fun. Okay. Mm. Wild how it works. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, uh, when he ends up on those two again, just kind of kick, uh, reluctant, you know, street fighter returns, you know, to you know pay the bills and mm. know, do underground fighting is like okay, those are passable, those are okay, uh, but kind of. Last Mercenary was just kind of one of those, like another one, same kind of deal. It was like, there's a fun Jackie Chan kind of blooper yeah. stunt show at the end. But uh, I was having a tough time watching that one because it just seemed to vary in both in the dubbing and you can watch the French version if you want to change language yeah. tracks on Netflix. And it was one of those like, hmm, I don't know. It's, it, it's there. It's acceptable, but nothing to write home about for this. Yeah, I, I can't. <clears throat> I have this thing. I can't see. Back in the day, I used to watch everything was dubbed because that's all you got. You didn't get the subtitles, so you'd watch all the Jackie Chan films, the VHSs, and then it all be dubbed. I can remember most of the dialogue from back in the day from Project A and stuff like that, and Jackie Chan films. The interesting one with the now going forward is I can't stand to hear a dub. I have to have, watch it in the original. Makes more sense, and obviously I watch obviously lots of Hong Kong films and stuff anyway, so I'm quite used to subtitles, so it's uh, it's not too bad. But yeah, I just prefer in the original as much as I can get close to you know the original cut and or obviously whatever language it's in, and then uh, throw the subtitles on. So yeah, I can I can understand why you probably look at it that way, and it would be it'd split the audience. Probably just caught me in a really good Probably time. Watchable, I, I quite enjoyed but it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It more thought it's should funny. have definitely gone into the heist. That that was the mm. thing that was killing it for me. The comedy, it was there. Yeah, yeah. Dad, 
song you know just this strange <laughs> yeah i know yeah <laughs> i forgave you know what i think it's because i went on a little bit of a journey and forgave him for probably some of the the lesser films that he's done over the year because like i say i look back on this and actually started to go you know what i i can understand his choices why he wanted to make those kind of movies after he came out of his period you know um you know, Cokefield and everything else, you know, he got back with these, you know, X and stuff. He, he tried to do something different, put his career back on path. And then instead of doing, you know, and he could have done all those sequels to Kickbox and Bloodsport, you know, at the time and stuff, but he didn't, he did something different. He, he tried to grab, um, a little bit of the, you know, the, the acting bit as well as putting the action in because people want to see him in the action, but he tried to do something different with each film. And I got to respect him for that. I have to say, so, you know, I've got a lot more admiration for him now and, and respect, um, you know, now than probably I did way back in the day when I just expected him to do Bloodsport 2, 3 and 4 and kickboxer, you know, five, <laughs> so, you know, that was going because I wanted to see that. I wanted to, you know, see him kick some ass. So, yeah, it's it's he's been on a journey, that's for sure, and stuff. Um, and there's plenty of life in the old dog yet. Yeah, I'd still like to see him do a big... Uh, martial arts movie i have to say and stuff and they are touting something but again i think it's going to be more um comedic rather than it's going to be else. a while because mm, you know but, some people yeah. have been just watching anything he's done and then there's been others who just haven't really kept up with the times seen nah, stuff exactly. here and there <laughs> mm. so yeah i mean the eagle pat whether that comes out i don't know and stuff i think He's touting somewhere, but he, he fights all his old enemies across the, the films, the Tong Pos, the Kickbox and all that and stuff. So I don't want that. That sounds a bit wacky. Um, I was more up for a, a straight, you know, kind of tournament movie and stuff. But um, I don't, we're going to get it now. But he'd been touting it for a while. But there's there's a market there for it, for sure, and stuff. I keep I keep touting it. So every time I you know speak to Scott Atkins or... Or somebody going, we need a tournament movie. Why are we not getting martial arts tournament movies? That's what we want to see. Yeah, undisputed so... <laughs> five. With. Exactly, undisputed five. Come on, Scott, let's put another one. Boy, asking there. Let's let's do it. But um, yeah, uh, there's always room for those. But you know what? He's had a colourful career, Van Damme. I have to say, and like I say, I think I appreciate him trying to do something a little bit um different and develop as an actor as well which is which is kind of cool and there's some dirges in there there are but you know what from both of us saying it we kind of enjoyed it, those to some extent even those ones that weren't the you know the caliber of the 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 ones gone from years gone by there was some there's some real little hidden gems within his, within his filmography that you know if people aren't or haven't seen they should yeah, should go out and find them. Yeah, and, especially you know. when now you can get everything, you know, on exactly. streaming or on a $5, yeah. you know, 10-pack yeah. movies. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, worth it. Absolutely worth it because they will entertain you, that's for sure. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Are there any projects you would like to plug real fast? <laughs> um, well, I've got uh, Monkey Kong Fu coming out. It should be out now, probably. Uh, on Blu-ray stateside and in the UK. Uh, my commentary's on there with Kenny B from Podcast on Fire. So go and pick that up. It's a Shaw Brothers classic um, that you will love from 1979, uh, Monkey Kung Fu from 88 Films. So grab that. And uh, if you're around, um, uh, you can find my website, Eastern Film Fans. 
www.co.uk um uh, i'm on facebook instagram and twitter so stop by say hi and um yeah it'd be it's cool. gonna come on your damn podcast yeah <laughs> exactly yeah we'll return after these messages hey feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try they must be destroyed on sight the new podcast cure-all sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living we have exploitation we have italian horror we have zombies we have slashers we have crime films we have spaghetti westerns we even have sci-fi and sex comedies so take a dose of they must be destroyed on sight as needed and let the hosts lee russell daniel harper paul romali and the odd guest host cure what ails you warning may cause atrophy african consumption black fever bone shave chin puff colic cramp colic dropsy of the brain elephantitis grocer's itch jaundice mania miasma mortification palsy pox disease rheumatism scurvy saint anthony's fire summer complaint and worm fit in some people consult a physician before listening Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you should be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything yeah, that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How be did a you watch one. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend Eric Kuber to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. 
It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-last plot holes and gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. At eilfm.podbean.com. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.